Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. At the time we're recording this, it is the 8th of March, and tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of us releasing our first episode. So, hooray! Amazing. I can't believe that we're actually doing this for a whole year now. It's like just two weeks. Think about all the releases we've had to talk about since then. One. (laughs) Well, you would think that you were being a little sarcastic there, but actually we've had a lot of releases in the last... Hey, when you look at it in... In comparison of like two years of the previous two years, hey, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's 100% more releases. That's awesome. <laughs> well, then wait for next year. Mm-hmm. And we're just oh, powering next. through them now. What do we got? One, two, three, and now four. 4704. 4704. That's right. Yeah. It's a big one. I think this is probably the last one for, for some time. I guess all the, it looks like all the major bugs have been worked out. One of the bug fixes was that it stopped dwarves from silently dissolving their marriages when they make a close friend. Aww. I'm, I'm not even sure what that's supposed to mean. Like, do they spend more time with their new friend than their partner? Or No, I think it's along the lines of, let's say that I meet someone uh, in town that I really, really dig, and we become really, really fast friends. We're just, uh, just pals. We're great mates. I come home. And I just stop being married. <laughs> I, I pack no. up all my stuff. I move. <laughs> I know. I could. I just imagine you get home. Hey, who was that you were with? Oh, uh, it's just a friend. No. Yeah. I mean, is it? Is it like? Is it jealousy? Is that what was happening here? And no, they're not jealous anymore. It sounds like it was even weirder than that. I think it sounds like that. I come home. I tell my wife, "I'm sorry, dear. We're no longer married." Although it says silently. I've met a friend. <laughs> I have a friend. I am moving out. Your your good friend from the Niagara Falls area or a real one? So that sounded interesting. That would have been an interesting bug to have discovered in the uh, in the logs because it could have happened to me and I just never noticed it. My dwarves may be getting married and divorced all the time and I just never realize it. I mean, I've noticed that the world generation dwarves tend to have like a ton of different partners. I looked into one necromancer and he married and divorced people like it was his hobby. It was amazing. He had like 10 or more wives. That wow. was a bug because that seemed a bit excessive to me. So um, what are we thinking, you know, with regards to some of these bugs? Do we feel like, have you guys had a chance to play 4704 at all? I have not. Yeah. I have not. I've been playing the linux newbie pack and it is still on 4402 i believe sorry 4702 i I also have still like a super early version i don't even know which one i'm playing ah 4703 it is because i just downloaded the the lazy new pack and then i saw that uh, more stuff came up and well but I, I have to check it out. For example, I hear stop charged collisions from teleporting people through walls. That was, in fact, uh, something we talked about in the water cannon episode, right? Oh, right. Because the circus mm-hmm. got teleported through the wall and killed his fort. Oh, well, that, that's good news for that, isn't it? So now the water cannon is perfectly doable and safe. Shh. Short aside here, um, on teleporting 
through walls and stuff. Uh, it, okay, so I had a couple things, weird things happen. So one, I, I had an undead, you know, where they kind of like come hang out on your map for a while. Then all of a sudden they just appeared inside my walls. I'm not really sure how they got there. Maybe it was this bug that, that we were just talking about. That was fascinating because that was the end of the fort. Once they figured that out, they were, they were in. But um, I saw that goblins can climb walls or invaders could climb walls. And so suddenly I was, I was worried about something I've never had to worry about before, I think. So uh, tell me more about that if you guys know anything. Mm, I do not, unfortunately. I have never had anybody climb my walls to get into my fortress, but possibly it's because I've never used walls as an exterior defense for my fortress. My defense always tends to be put a drawbridge in my entrances and have somebody pulling a lever to shut the doors whenever someone evil comes onto my map. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, it's definitely not a new thing. I think I had... The same problem uh, quite a time back uh, when I thought that goblins could not climb. And that, at first, I was sure they could, but they never did. So I stopped uh, walling everything off and putting floors on top. And one day they climbed over mm-hmm. my um, my wall and butchered some of my animals. And I was like, no, no, no. But I think there is something you cannot climb for example, smoothed walls or smoothed uh, pillars cannot be climbed. That's why I always try to smooth. Um, you know, I, I do these dwarven toilets and I always smooth all of my walls uh, because uh, if you do not do that, when someone is thrown into that, they can hang onto the wall and climb out again. And we do not want that. I thought that a... What's it called? A block wall? A rock block wall is actually not climbable, but I could be wrong on that. One thing I heard to do to keep people from climbing over walls is to put a floor extended from the top of the wall so that it basically is a uh, is it called a, a cantilever or a, or a <laughs> overhang <laughs> of overhang. sorts. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a good way to keep uh, cats fenced into your yard as if you put a, a overhang that, uh, that they can't climb, uh, climb over. So I think that might work for goblins as well. Yeah, that, that should work. Um, real like, life cats, not, not game cats. <laughs> that should work. And I think it's, if you cannot smooth any walls or you cannot build rock, blo- no, wait, rock block walls are climbable, but they're really hard to climb. So if you make an entrance that is absolutely impenetrable, impenetrable? Yes. Yeah, can't, can't get through it. Good. Uh, so they can't get through it, and then the overhang is the easiest possibility. Yeah. I think you might be right. I, I've been shoving in the overhangs, and it, everything seems to be ducky now. There's one thing about walls that I have still not figured out. And that is how to create a second Z-level on top of the first Z-level. I get my dwarves out there, they build a wall, and then I want to build a a second level because it intrigues me, the idea of building towers. But 
no matter what I have done and I have looked online and I've seen some tutorials, not, not video tutorials, but tutorials that were written out. And for whatever reason, I just can't figure out how to get my dwarves to build a second layer on top of the first layer. Have you built another up staircase on top of it? So you build on the first Z layer where everybody's rocking, build some up staircases and then you go up a Z layer and then you build an up down on top of that up and then Bob's your uncle. On the top of a wall? No, on the top of the lat. So you build a step ladder next to the wall and then not a step ladder. You build an upstair next to your wall and then you go up a Z level. And then on that next Z level, which is the top of your wall, you build on top of that up staircase you built, you build an up down and then it'll let them do what they need to do on top. But they have to have, you have to build staircases up basically. Now, when you say build an up staircase next to the wall, do you mean, so let's say that I have block one, is sitting right beside block two, or sorry, square one is right beside square two. Square one contains part of my wall. Mm-hmm. Square two is beside my wall. Are uh, you saying square two is where the upstairs should be and not? That's here? right. Yep. Okay, so that could be my issue. I So I've, if you just was, picture it, like next to your wall, you're building a staircase to let them climb to the top of the wall, basically, is what you're doing. Okay, I'm building a staircase. I'm not building stairs into the wall. See, that's... I have always mentally considered it to be carving the upstaircase out of the wall. Maybe that's why I've not ever been able to get them to work very well. I always do a down staircase through the floor and then up down staircases for everything else. <laughs> I don't even know that I've ever successfully gone up into an isolated chamber from within my fortress. One thing I'd say is make sure when you're building those stairs on the dirt or you know outside on your ground floor Make sure that you use the up staircase because if you use the, if you build an up down, it'll punch a hole down too. Yeah. And then if you decide to say flood it at some other point in time, like I've done, you end up <laughs> flooding anything that's underneath it. <laughs> I was like, whoopsie daisy. I can hear the pain in your voice. <laughs> and there goes the fort because I built one of these things where I had a huge pan. And then I built this giant wall around it, and then I was going to flood the pan and then have this little tower in the middle with a bridge where they could come and go. And I didn't realize all my little up-down staircases were holes, and so when I flooded it, (laughs) bye-bye, fortress. What are you going to do? Has anybody else experienced any of the new fun from from the new release, any of the new features that you've examined? Hmm. Well, I tried looking into the massive amount of undead lieutenants hanging around in my tavern. I could not figure out why they came, but I do know that I have two towers, and those two towers send the same people back and forth between them and my fortress. Are these undead people? Yeah, uh, undead lieutenants. Like, they they are called uh, frozen hunters. Oh, yeah, necromancer experiments. I guess, but the experiment is either allied to the necromancer and works for them, or actually goes back to the civilization, because... Um, the experiment is still somewhat of a normal person. They're just really ugly. And uh, not all experiments count as undead. 
because they're still living creatures. They're just really ugly. Uh, but the frozen hunters are all undead. They they all died at some point and got um, brought back from the dead by then uh, respective necromancers. And they usually chilled in their towers. But as soon as I opened my tavern, they streamed in, terrify my people, try to pursue some sort of hidden agenda to steal my artifacts and fail and leave. And they do that over and over again. By now, I actually know the people by name because it's like 15 people and they come again and again. And um, I also had an old man or something, a blind old man that was... uh, had white skin and was actually blind. And his job name was just Lieutenant. And he came every year for just some drinks. And he he shared stories and stuff and always tried to steal a necklace for me. Uh, Every single year, he came to my fortress, drank my beer and tried to steal my necklace. Bad for him, I actually locked that necklace away because, come on, I know he's after this necklace. But he tried again every single year, then left because he couldn't get it, and came back a few months later and tried again. And it got so intense with that dude that uh, he had become uh, really good friends with several of my dwarves, and he is one of the best friends of my uh, tavern performer. And he got killed in a goblin attack, and I tried to get him into the fort because he was just trying to leave. And I was like, no, not, no, don't leave yet. But you have to imagine this guy is actually evil. He tries to steal from me and I try to protect him. <laughs> it, it didn't work. He, he, he got killed. Sadly. Hey, so these undead lieutenant, uh, sorry, these frozen hunter undead lieutenants that keep coming in and try to steal your artifacts, uh, every, every, uh, periodically, these are not, members of your fortress these are visitors correct yep yep and they they come back so i know that for a fact uh there is one elf frozen hunter fisher elf or something and he comes back i know this guy and he actually stole something from me and he wears this this bone ring which is made in my fortress and he wears it proudly oh that's hardcore (laughs) <laughs> the jerk. Um, See, look what I stole from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you can sick your dungeon master on these visitors <laughs> and have them arrest them and throw them in the in the lockup. You can always just oh, yeah. send your military to kill him. Um, oh, uh, thing is, I wanted to to just kill him, but he's actually a legendary dodger and mace man. So all the frozen people are really good at fighting. Oh, yeah. And uh, since they're undead, I'm a bit scared of them. And uh, as you said, Johan, um, yes, I wanted to get him into jail because, well, he's a criminal, you know? And he actually spent a bit of time in jail. But do you think that my dungeon master was clever enough to just take back the ring? No. That guy spent several months in my jail because, well, one time he punched somebody 
And then again, he saw my ring, but he still has my ring. I had a bloated corpse come to town, um, which, I mean, is as charming as it sounds. And, you know, it, it was the, you know, it was exactly one of these little necromancer creations, but everyone was cool with it. Like, apparently it was like super, super friendly. He, she, I'm not sure, I can't remember. Super, super friendly. Ended up getting married to a dwarf in the uh, in the fortress and have, having kids. But this one was a legendary fish cleaner. So that's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, there are happy endings here. Apparently you can, you know, if you you have the right combination of things that, you know, every everyone can be happy even with a bloated corpse. So uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty that's great. Fun. Yeah, you know. So you basically have a Nurgle worship in your fortress. Well, that's lovely. It's a little terrifying, but it's it's all good in the end. Oh, Lord, the bloated corpse. Yeah, that's gross. Okay, uh, so anybody else want to speak about the new release? Uh, we got anything else we'd like to cover on that? Um, I think the one thing I haven't tested yet is I've just this very second generated a new world with the 4404. I am super curious to see if it still lets the necromancers migrate into the fort because that's kind of irritating, kind of ready for that to get patched out. So I'm ho I was hoping that that was going to get patched into this release, but who knows? We'll I, did see, not, I, I did not see that in the, uh, in the release notes. I didn't see it either. So I yeah, was a little I feel nervous it's, about it's that. Not, I fear it's still in. <laughs> Darn. Have you added that as a, as a bug report on the, on the, Bay 12 games bug um, listing. He, I saw Toadie say something like necromancers weren't supposed to show up to your fort in waves. Ha ha ha. That's a bug and we'll be fixed. So I was like, oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I didn't do it. I figured they, you know, they sorted it out. Now that's, you know, that's one thing with, with them showing up, but the idea of a butcher uh, immediately reanimating the, the cow's head that he just created by butchering the cow it's that irritating. does seem like a seems like an actual bug that uh that might need to be reported. Yeah, I mean, I don't care if the necromancers hang around. I, what I don't like is them reanimating everything in the fort just because they see it, you know, a you know, just because they see a bearskin rug. I don't need to have that reanimated. Thank you very much, killing everyone. But that's what seems to be happening. Like, uh, I was playing on one and. I hadn't. Pay, I guess I was not paying attention, and I put one of them in my military, and we'd had this really nasty fight with a forgotten beast, and it, you know, it had taken down ten dwarves already in the whole squad. So we finally did it. This necromancer at the time didn't know it was a necromancer. Got in this. Got in the killing blow, and then, uh, of course, pr immediately proceeds to reanimate the frozen beast or the beast, the forgotten beast corpse, which then goes on to wipe out almost half the fortress until he locked it in the dining room. I'm like, come on. You know, like what is it? this is not cool. Well, if it ever if I ever have that happen, then I will uh I will uh probably put a bug report in there, even if it gets rejected, you know, that's fine. But uh but it might be noteworthy to to consider that a bug. Yeah. Hey, have you guys ever seen this when you've done a new embark? Because I'm I'm embarking into my new forty one or forty seven oh four map here and the first thing that i see is you have located now gosmer a layer i've never gotten that before oh what have i um, found yeah that means l-a-y-e-r or l-a-i-r l-a-i-r yeah it's not uh, like that, a big chicken 
Yeah, that means. <laughs> well, no, that I meant more like a layer yeah. of stone, a layer of felsite, oh. a layer of. Which makes know. total sense. No, in this case, layer is in like, la- mm-hmm. la- is in like a thing where other things live. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, what is that? So maybe there's a cyclops or hydra or something that Got is it. giant a cougar named animal, a giant cougar. That doesn't oh. sound good. Oh. Talking about a giant cougar, I have two things to talk about. Um, in my current fortress, people always make detailed stonecraft statues, engravings about the very same jaguar. What? It's it's like I don't even remember. It's it's some jaguar that was um, um, somewhere in a swamp, and he killed. A human adventurer and they always make the same statues it, it doesn't matter who i tell to make a statue of whatever material it ends up being this stupid jaguar so my whole fortress is completely dedicated to this named animal sounds like you got I, yourself a mascot i don't know what's wrong i just want <laughs> If I want a statue that is not this giant stupid cat, I have to make it on my own and tell them specifically what I want. But if I don't, they just make the cat again. And the most amazing thing is you can see what the the artwork is called, right? So um, they usually make new artworks randomly generated and then something stupid pops up. And you could imagine that this Jaguar has one specific artwork, which they choose again and again and again. But no, no, they randomly generate an artwork, which is this Jaguar. I have like 200 pieces of different, differently named artworks that are the very exact same thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? They get obsessed, right? And <laughs> they just keep... You had a narwhal once, right? That your fortress was obsessed over, Tony? Uh, was that me? I don't know. I, I've had narwhals, but I don't know if they were obsessed. Maybe maybe I've forgotten. I seem to forget things a lot these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, my dwarves really dig this cat. And I am really annoyed by it. Because usually I like to make statues and plaster them over my whole fortress and then just check on the statues to see uh, what they did. But this is kind of, you know, boring because I know it's the cat again. So Roland, <laughs> when you say that it's the same cat, do, do you mean that it is the exact same description for all of these things, no matter what yes. the name is? Yes. Or or is it like one, the, the giant jaguar is killing mix stupid dwarf, and then another one is the giant jaguar is chasing his own tail around and around. No. If you look at a statue, it says the name of the artwork. So, for example, the golden apple. This picture relates to, right? And the artwork always is something different. So, oh. they, it's, it's not the same artwork, but the text afterwards is always, this artwork relates to blah, 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 the jaguar, uh, which killed this 
human, this particular human in the swamp of whatever. It's always the same, but it's okay. A it sounds outward. to me like you have that's actually a found a bug. Yeah. I, I'm feeling bug. Yeah, that's uh, so. I, if it's saying that it's the the Crusader's apple and it's a picture of a jaguar, and then it says it's the broom of kindness and it's a jaguar, and yeah, it says yeah. it is the the diamond stone of really swear dwarf and it's a giant jaguar i think you got a bug mm-hmm. especially if it's the exact same description every time okay so uh, yeah i'm gonna report that yeah and the other thing make sure to I- make sure that to, to upload a save the save directory of it as well because uh, that helps yes. them troubleshoot the bug i think yes okay um, is this vanilla and, uh it's lazy new pack but basically vanilla yeah yeah and the other thing is i had captured a bronze colossus to use as defense against goblins and that guy was who like he wiped out two sieges of goblins without me doing anything and i was amazed by it and i always got him back because i had like a specific contraption where he would kill all goblins and then try to kill my people and then get uh, caged again so i would put him <laughs> back as you know where he belongs and as soon as the goblins arrive again i would just do it all over and i looked into the legends viewer to like check up on him because he he vanished at some point and i saw that he had a knowledge about some secret he had secret knowledge like a necromancer he was listed as a necromancer in my legends viewer you know um, the the colossus click, was yes a colossus <laughs> yes but he Has never science gone too far i mean i don't get it i've never seen any corpses uh i, I feel never like seen... that might be a bug too yeah i i i bet but this so as soon as i opened legends viewer and i put like necromancer in this little box so it filters out everything that isn't a necromancer i saw his name like uh blah 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 the burning inferno and i was like wait a second that's my that's my boy what are you doing here <laughs> and he actually had secret knowledge he this bronze colossus obtain, obtained secret knowledge and i don't know how or when because it never showed up anywhere in the in the in the detail list okay well you've you've given us a great segue there roland because i wanted to bring up the legends viewer now I had first done my exploring of of legends and the backstories in in uh, Dwarf Fortress uh, whenever Kiefer came on the first time back last Halloween and uh, was talking about the stories that he had uncovered in in Legends mode. So I had uh, I had looked at Legends mode and yeah, it was fun, it was neat, but it seemed kind of unwieldy. And then I my next thing to do was to look at the Legends browser. And that was neat. It was much more convenient than Legends mode. And I, whoever created the, uh, the, the, the website for the Legends browser, the, the, you know, the, the code for the Legends browser, kudos to them. I really should know their name at this point because I'm talking about them. But in any case, um, that was great. But then I discovered Legends viewer and that just has blown my mind. I've, I've really just discovered it about, uh, about four or five days ago, I did the Legends Plus export <clears throat> through DF Hack, and Legends Viewer 
is just amazing. All of the stinking detail that's in there, family trees, you've got the the annals of civilization's wars listed chronologically with great detail and everything is hyperlinked and the filters are great. You have a, a scrollable list of the names of wars and battles and raids and rampages and civilizations and everything. And it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah, it really brings it to life, doesn't it? Yes, it is so cool. And you can use it while you're uh, in a game where Legends mode, the big drawback of that is you actually have to retire your fortress to actually go into Legends mode. Well, make sure you do your export of it before you start playing a fort otherwise it's kind of annoying i did i did yeah i know i just realized that i started playing and i was like oh i don't have the legends mode thing done so i of course had to go do the copy save shuffle thing but yeah it's it's pretty neat isn't it yeah i i really really dig it and and i actually put in our in our uh pre-show notes that i wanted to talk about uh legends viewer and uh, happily, Roland mentioned it itself. Now, it looks like that that was originally done. Uh, the Legends Viewer was originally created by a person named uh, Parker147 uh, some time ago, back around 2010. And it is now being maintained by a user named Chromtech. And it is being updated as of, uh, you know, two days ago, I think was the latest commit on GitHub. So there's there's X there's Legends Viewer and Legends Browser. So there's two separate things. Right, like Legends Viewer is what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I always get them mixed up. But one of them is a Java thing that you you end up viewing with your browser, and the other one's like a much different thing with its own application or whatever. Yeah, the other one's uh, written in C sharp and JavaScript. The Legends Viewer is the uh, Legends Browser does require that you access a local host. Uh, URL link. It's not a standalone. Although I do have to say that it looks like to get the full effect out of Legends Viewer, you have to have DF Hack going. Mm-hmm. Um, where Legends Browser does not require DF Hack, and I'm going to let you guys talk about this for a minute while I look up the Legends Browser creator. One thing I'd say is just an addend- addendum to what I said is um, if you use MEF style sets. Um, probably this isn't relative re- relevant for 4704 since I don't think we have a meth package set yet, but he has a mod that includes a librarian's workshop or it's a workshop that you can put in your library and it will let you access legends mode from the main game. And he's put all kinds of disclaimers on it saying it's unstable or whatever, but I'm a madman with nothing to lose. And so I've had no, I've had no problems with it when I did it before, but, um, but yeah, that's also out there. So if you do, have this amazing fort and you don't want to do anything and you're using math, you can always just build that and take your chances. So, so it looks like Legends Browser, the the one that is uh, web browser based, is uh, is maintained by Robert Janetsko. Um, and it is, uh, Robert Janetsko is his uh, GitHub, uh, GitHub, what do you call account? What do you call it whenever, like, mine's GitHub slash Johan Tux. Is that an account? Is that a channel? On GitHub? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's a uh, uh, github.com slash Robert Janesco slash Legends Browser is the website based one. And he is actually updating his right now, too. The last uh, commit was seven days ago. Uh, Exciting times. It has been forked 16 times with 50 stars where uh, Legends Viewer, I think, has been forked 11 times and has uh, considerably fewer stars. So I don't That's know. All. 
That is a lot of forking code. <laughs> yes, it is. Sorry. It sounds like that. Uh, that I had to go there. Sounds like uh, if we're basing it on GitHub stats, that Legends Browser, the web-based one, it looks like it might be a little more popular, at least with the modding community, than uh, than Legends Viewer. But they're both great. They're both just really nice to be able to look at what's going on in your the history of your of your little universe. So, wanted to throw that in. And at the end of the day, isn't variety what we want? I think it's really cool. I love all yeah. the community tools. I think it's amazing watching people start scrambling to get DF hack up and running. Uh, speaking of which, there was a post of somebody doing live DF hack hacking, um, kind of like watching one of the devs go through it in real time and do sorting out. Pretty neat. Just on YouTube? Yeah, or Twitch or YouTube or something like that. Yep. If you can find that and, and put it on the uh, on the Discord uh, server, I will put it in the show notes. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it was like a live, you know, one and done kind of thing or if it's something that's going on, but pretty neat. It's such a shame whenever uh, they don't release on YouTube or, or make the videos available for those after the fact, because chances are very low that I'm going to be available at the same time that someone's doing something awesome like that. Yep, I hear ya. Mm -hmm. I feel that. As as a European, I am mostly asleep when Americans are streaming. So, yeah, I never get the streams. Ha. Let alone people from Australia. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? So I started my new embark here, and I and I and I found the lair, and it belongs to some sort of cougar that has a name, um, and so he looks really scary from all like clicking on him and viewing him. He looks like something that I want to not be near, but it's kind of cool. The lair is basically just one ramp down, and then there's a big carved out underground space where he's hanging out. Um, and this is I've, in your embark location. Yeah, so what I did is I just built a floor over the top of his embark <laughs> ramp out. <laughs> so he's cozy at home now. It doesn't seem to bother him. Um, and, and I'm hoping Poor we can all learn Jaguar. to get help. It's a huge monster in the form of a cougar. Her hair is tan. Her skin is a crew. Her eyes are yellow. And she is walled in. So I hope she has a nice time in there. <laughs> well, what, have you ever come across a lair on an embark location like that? Um. I tried, uh, I really tried to, to like have it happened, but it didn't really work. Um, I only seen, uh, them in, in adventure mode. So this is not new. This is something that has existed for a while. Yes. 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 I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, but there are no items in the lair. Are there? No, I don't see anything. Just just this wolf or cougar or whatever it is. I then tried to spin up. Uh, I I retired the fortress and then brought it back up again, trying to do it. But my it seems like there's some problems with legends with my export legends mode export. So I'll either keep trying or I'll give up. You know, I retired a fortress to generate the legends mode viewer uh, data, and then I came back in 
And whenever I unretired it, all of a sudden, there's a huge problem with miasma all over the fortress. There's a dead troglodyte head that is sitting right amongst my primary mason and and crafts dwarfs shops. And it just keeps spewing out miasma. No idea I'll clean it up. But there are other places in my fortress that are spewing out miasma as well that don't seem to have anything there that's causing it. So I'm... I'm not sure what's going on with that, but is it forbidden? Uh, you know, I haven't taken a look at that. Maybe I should check that. That's a good idea uh, for the at least for the be- necromancer head for the one. Sorry for the uh, for the troglodyte head for the stuff that I can't find the reason that it's spewing miasma. I'm not sure what to do about that. You can also create a quantum stockpile and use the atom smasher to deal with it if you really want to deal with. To deal with your thing that they won't move. Um, right, right, yeah. I found that can be a good way. Like if they won't. Cl- oh, and do you or do you have a like a corpse stockpile? Of I corpses? do. I have a okay. I have a corpse stockpile outside. So, are your birds still full. on? Is it full? No, it is not full. Yeah, I checked that just to make sure. So. How about the burrows? Are they? What about the burrows? Do you have your burrow turned on so they can't get to the stockpile? No, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. These are all things that have happened to me. It, it is interesting. In the week, I think it's like a week, week and a half, whenever you retire a fortress and then you uh, bring it back, it advances the calendar like about a week, week and a half. And I think that is to prevent you just from retiring it and then unretiring it over and over again. But uh, I like it. You know what I wish would be a good – this is my feature request would be I'm playing a world. I've had a couple of fortresses. Things are going well. I've had some battles. I feel like I've made a mark on the world itself. I would love to be able to like hit a button and fast forward 100 years. Yes. And just have it go world gen itself off oh. based on what I did for the next 150 years. That is my feature request. I, 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 would I absolutely love that. agree. I absolutely agree uh, with you. I tried to mod the game so that there is actually a fourth mode that you can go into that goes back into the world generation. But I am way too stupid and I don't know how to code. So it keeps not doing what I want. That is a very good idea. I love the idea that you can like generate the world for just five years, then build a massive fortress somewhere and then go like 200 years in the future and then just see what happened to your dwarves and how things turned out and... and, uh, Stuff like that. I'd love that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would love to see that. I don't know if it's possible with the modding tools currently. It feels like it maybe should be. I don't know. Would be very interested if anyone is listening and comments on this. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep asking people. That brings up an idea for, I don't know if it would be appropriate for the podcast or maybe a YouTube video or something like that. I've not gotten into any modding uh, whatsoever. I I know that you have, Roland. Have you, Tony? No, I haven't really done anything like that. So it would be neat if Roland could share his screen and go over, you know, some basics about what modding is and and the files that you edit and uh, and how raws work or or something like that. Because I'm interested in it. That sounds like something that that we might be able to to share with listeners or viewers if it's on the on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you be willing to do that, what Roland? Of course. I mean, 
I am I am not good at it, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, well, see, but- that's how you generate comments is do something <laughs> that other people think is wrong. Isn't that Cunningham's Law? I think it's got a name. Yeah, it it does. It does have a name. So if you can put on your thick skin armor, then then you can learn from the comments and maybe. Um, sure, I could I could definitely do that. Uh, so just show how to generate a three-eyed raven, for example. Yes, that sounds cool. We'll uh, talk about that offline and maybe see if we can find a spot that would be good for a video. Because we have had some, some listeners ask us about YouTube content, and I believe that we have created a DF Roundtable YouTube channel but there's absolutely nothing on it. It'd be neat to have a video or two. Yeah, I th- I've talked about doing something on YouTube in the past for it, but, uh, you know, uh, kind of listening to some of the comments that, I guess, um, who's that guy that does the YouTube channel that we like with the drawings and the cool stories? Can't remember his name. Anyway, that guy that we talk about too much. Um, yeah, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he who who's definitely going to be named Krugsmash. So he was saying in his Q and A, he took to drawing and narrative and highly edited versions of like a Let's Play, just because that's kind of what makes sense. Because I've kind of run into the same thing, like a Let's Stream in Dwarf Fortress. There's just so much sitting around in Dwarf Fortress. There's so much just okay, let's wait. Okay, oh, be your past. Okay, you know, it's like for a streaming thing, it's just not particularly interesting. And also, if you're in ASCII mode. I mean, I think the appeal is is hugely limited um, to somebody that's not familiar with it. You know, like, oh, that comma. What's the comma? With the comma's grass. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So comma's grass. Okay, what's the what's the one fourth? The one fourth is tree roots. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it's just like it's too much. Um, so that's why I think that you know I would just I want to do it. It just seems like it's a lot of time. No, that was no, a no, long no, no, no. Explanation wait. for that. Wait, wait. Um... Yes. I mean, it sounds like you are right, but you are not. I am very sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> my... Controversy! Yes! <laughs> you are both right and wrong. You are the quantum Dwarf Fortress player. <laughs> um, my favorite my favorite streamer. Um, actually, so the reason why I'm playing Dwarf Fortress is because of him. And he played it on a stream on the I don't know, two to three uh, hours stream. So there is no cutting. There is no editing in his videos. It's pure, unadulterated Dwarf Fortress. And I mean, okay, sure, sure. Sometimes... What was, what was his name? Um, Joel from Vine Sauce. That's right, Vine Sauce. I, was, I thought it was Vine something, but yeah. Uh, sometimes nothing is really happening. You know, it's Sometimes it just goes very slow, but for some reason, um, he manages to just smooth over over that bit, and it feels like there's always something going on. And he he goes like, "Yeah, we have to do that. We have to do that. Now we're mining. Now there's stuff to do." Like he always has something to do, and that is really fascinating. Even though in the game itself is nothing happening instead of just dwarfs mining but honestly if you like the game and if you know what's happening and if you can present it in a very specific manner so that the lame lame parts so to say are not without any action then go for it man stream stream all you want i'd watch it 
And I think that for rewatchability, yeah, if it's better if the person is able to present it well. But you know what? If you want to stream, you know, we have the tools, we have the, the outlet. Most likely someone's going to watch your uh, your streaming of your video. You know, and if you only have three people watch it, then, you know, so be it. It's it's unless you're actually trying to make a living out of it. So be it. If you only have three people watch it, three people watch it. If you don't have anybody watch it, you at least you put something out there. But I don't tend I tend to agree with uh, Krug Smash that I prefer the more concise edited down versions of the Door Fortress videos because I rarely, rarely ever have more than a half hour at a time that I can spend doing something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm... You know, I, I prefer the editing and the and and certainly some of the other thought that goes into the stuff that guys like Krug Smash do. I think it's cool. I think it's cool if people want to stream too. I love it. I You know, the exposure is good. And different things work for different people. So, hey man, anybody wants to create something and do something, I'm all for it. Sounds awesome. That doesn't take away from the fact, though, that I think that uh, videos about modding uh, might be uh, of of interest. Oh, I think you're right. I think that'd be pretty cool. And I watched a little bit of that stream of the guy doing the DF hack stuff, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I don't know what debugging tool he was using. It looked like the Door Fortress debugging tool. I don't know if they had their own tool for debug that they use, but it was pretty neat looking. And just as a coda to that, uh, to the other bit, Nucrium is someone who records and publishes, you know, two, three hour videos of Dwarf Fortress and several other games. And I do like his, his videos, although I rarely sit and watch, watch it at one setting. It's something that gets paused and I'll come back to it at a later time. You can get the whole family around the TV, make them watch a three hour stream of Dwarf Fortress. You should see my family <laughs> bolt whenever I pull up a Dwarf Fortress video on YouTube. <laughs> pull it up in the living room, and it's like the whole, oh, even the dog runs and says, no. It's because the dog's worried you're going to make leather shoes out of him. <laughs> or soap. <laughs> All right. This soap smells funny, and where's the dog? All right. So we're coming up on the top of the hour, and... Yeah. Anybody else have anything they would like to cover for this episode? I think we got it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, by, by the next one, let's see if we can get some 44 or 4704 worlds gend and I think things are starting to stabilize. We can actually talk about real world experiences in the new era. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that uh, we will see everybody next time, and happy fortressing. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music for this episode is from filmmusic.io. Sky Q. Ellen and Folk Round are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more music from Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, you can find us on Patreon. Links to all of these are in the show notes. Mm-hmm.